Did you know that the perfect snack exists that not only has the yum factor, because that's important, but also packs a real protein punch? I'm talking about Wonderful Pistachios, a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Now that's a snack you can feel really good about. It's hard for me to currently pick a fave because they have several flavors to choose from, including no salt and jalapeno lime options. But if I absolutely had to, I'd say I'm in my no shells, wonderful pistachios, sea salt and vinegar era. It's the ultimate snacking solution for when you need a quick, convenient and tasty boost of pistachio goodness straight out of the bag. Whether you enjoy the ritual of cracking open each nut or you lean towards the ease of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has something for everyone. It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, what's going on? You are listening to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree Mitchell. I am the host of the show as well as the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care. Brown Girl Self-Care is a space, a platform, a sisterhood for black women who are intentionally healing and getting their glow up on and in a space of knowing that they are worthy of being whole and just being very abundant and living their best life. That's what Brown Girls Self-Care represents and that's what we do here on the podcast and on the platform. So this is not a solo episode today. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I do have a guest and her name is Robin Robinson. And I, I should have asked you this before, but Robin Robinson, is that like your real name, Robin? It actually is. And I actually go by Robin R. Robinson. Yes. If, you, if you Google Robin Robinson, there are a lot of them uh, online. There are a lot of them in existence. In fact, uh, Stedman Graham used to date a Robin Robinson who was a news reporter in Chicago. So yes, Robin R. Robinson. I've never been married. So that is my maiden name. I love that. So Triple R, Robin R. Yes, Robinson. R. Trey. R. We're going to be in conversation uh, Robin is a member of the Brown Girl Self-Care Patreon community, and she has a story to share. We're going to be talking about her victory in life, um, which included experiencing a, a, a very huge medical concern, which was an aneurysm, right? And I'm sure that had a profound impact on your life. So we want to talk about just kind of like how you got to that place and what you experienced and how God worked things out for your victory. Uh, but before we step into that, please, Robin, take the floor and introduce yourself and let us know just a little bit more about you. Well, thank you so much, Bree, for giving me this forum and, and uh, allowing me to come on your podcast. I've been listening to it for over a year, and I really, really like it. I love your voice and your your vulnerability and your transparency and your honesty. And um, just a brief overview, I'm not going to belabor it, but 
Um, my background is um, I've got almost 20 years, well, 20 plus years of experience um, working uh, in the film and TV industry and uh, in Los Angeles. I'm currently in Texas. Uh, it was an unplanned move. I've been here about five years and I'm working currently for a nonprofit, but I am really uh, hoping to return to the left coast uh, within uh, by the end of 20, 2024. Um, I'm a creative being. I'm working on a book about my medical um, uh, episode with the brain aneurysm that I experienced in 2008. This would be my second book. My first one was published in 2009. And um, I also myself, I have a podcast that I started uh, about a year and a half ago, and I took a two-year hiatus, but I just recently started it again. Uh, it's, it's, it's in its infancy stages. Uh, I also journal. Um, and um, you know, to protect protect my peace and keep toxicity out of my life, and try to laugh. I've done stand up comedy. Wow. Um, you know, I um, I've acted. That's which is why I've moved to LA in the first place. I've directed. I've written screenplays, and I just it's really interesting. All of this, these accomplishments that I am listing, but for some reason, there are times when I don't feel accomplished. It's not a, yeah, I don't. I don't I feel like I should be doing more. So that's why I'm in therapy to talk about that and figure it out. Awesome, awesome. I love all that. And I love that you yourself are showing up in a space of vulnerability as you share a little bit about obviously what we're gonna be talking about today, because as I mentioned before, I'm sure that your story is going to resonate uh, with someone that is listening that needs a little support in these areas that we're gonna be touching upon today. So I'm excited to go ahead and just dive in. I know this is gonna be a great conversation. So Robin, take us back a little bit and let us know just a little bit about where was Robin before things kind of started going sideways for you with your health? Well, you know, it's interesting because everybody has uh, the proclivity to have a brain aneurysm. So mm -hmm. um, I was not doing anything uh, untoward about my health. I mean, I watched my weight. I don't eat pork or beef. At the time, though, I was smoking. I was smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I'm a driven person. I, you know, I'm not perfectionist, but I'm driven. I, 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 I don't like to miss deadlines. And I, I, I don't like to do mediocre work. I don't like slackers. I don't like any of that. But um, my aneurysm crept up on me. It started on a Tuesday morning while I was in the shower. And it's, this was like um, on the 16th of December. So it was chilly, but I was, uh, it was chilly outside. The shower was, was warm, but I was perspiring in the shower and I've never perspired in the shower. And I was having the sensation on the right side of my head. I, mm -hmm. I liken it to a a cat kneading a, a, a ball of yarn, just kind of like just a, a steady, continuous, needing of, of my right side of my of, 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 in my brain and I knew it wasn't it was not normal it wasn't a migraine I've never had them I said this is not right this is not good so I stepped out of the shower and and took two leaves and just put them in my mouth and then just cut my cupped my finger under the faucet to take for the water to so I could swallow the leaf and 
And um, I was calling people to, to see what was going on, if they could, I don't know, help me or whatnot. And calls were going to voicemail. And I even called my boss to let him know what was going on. Those calls went to voicemail. Maybe it was because it was so early. It was like 7.15. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, it, it got to the point where I was getting alarmed with the pain. The uh, leave that I took did not help quell it. And I was concerned. So um, I called 911. And and um, I spoke to a woman who, on the other end, who was very helpful and, and kind and empathetic. And uh, the fire uh, department was right up the street from my house. And so she sent the the uh, the fire tr- engines. And when I heard the sound, I should have told her no siren. But when I heard the sound, it it, it made me emotional, and I started crying. And then three, was it three or four EMTs, fully fully in their full garb, came to to my apartment, came in. They they took my vitals. Uh, they did all the things, and there was no evidence of a, a heart attack or anything like that. And um, they wanted to take me to the emergency room. And for some reason, I didn't want to go to the emergency room. I did not want to get in the ambulance. I mean, in, in the fire truck and go to the emergency room. I'm like, this is, I don't want to do this. I, this is not part of my day. I don't want to do this. So they why, made me- Why do you feel like, Robin, you didn't want to do that? Because it was like, just too much. I, I, maybe a slight embarrassment. And also mm-hmm. the fact I was alone. I didn't know what to do while I was going to be at the at the at the emergency room. I was thinking ahead about some steps and planning and whatnot. It's like, okay, it's first thing in the morning. You know, I'm getting ready for work. This is not in the game plan. I really do. I need to really go to the emergency room. I prefer to go to my doctor. That's what I would prefer to do. His office just wasn't open yet. That's what I wanted to do. Um, because I was familiar with them. So, and mind you, I left, I, I lived alone, um, still do. And so I had to sign a waiver saying that I had, um, um, I had turned down the um, offer for them to take me to the emergency room. So lo and behold, as soon as they left, I, I called. And by, by now, the pain had subsided. It had subsided, but there was still remnants of it. I could just feel it a little bit. I'm like, I'm not out of the woods yet. So I called my doctor's office and let them know what was going on. They said, come right in. I drove myself. It was maybe 15 minutes away or so. Got in the doctor's office and long story short, they um, they gave me a shot, a pain shot. And they put me in one of the waiting rooms and they covered me up with a blanket and gave me a pillow. And I pretty much just slept until about noon. And then they came back in and told me that they had made an appointment for me to go take an MRI. And um, so I went home, was able to get in touch with people, got in touch with my boss, let him know what was going on, and uh, went back to sleep, went, took a nap, and got up in time to take myself to the, um, to the location where I was going to get the MRI and had an MRI taken. And that was on a Tuesday. Uh, that Wednesday, I stayed home from work. And on that um, Thursday, I went to work and no problem. Everything was fine. No, no issues with the uh, aneurysm, uh, with the pain or anything. And on that Friday, which was the 19th, I had to host a retirement luncheon for a, for a colleague who was retiring. And that went fine. You know, a lot of people were there, work colleagues and whatnot. Busy day, full day, the whole bit. And then towards the evening, like around oh, 530 or so, this was the time when most people would be leaving to go for um, the holidays and not be back until the first of the year 
because it was the 19th of December. I had planned on coming to work that Monday because I had really hadn't had a lot of time built up and I was just, you know, it's going to be a light week anyway. There's hardly going to be anybody in the office. So it was going to be easy sailing. Um, so I told folks, you know, as I was leaving about 515, the few people that were there, okay, see you on Monday. And um, long story short, I made a stop after uh, leaving work because I didn't want to go straight home. Um, it was chilly because it was, like I said, five days or so before Christmas. And then I um, finally got home. And as I was um, what walking to my apartment it had 15 steps to get to the top as soon as i reached the, the 15th step my right foot hit the 15th step the pain came back exact location with a vengeance i felt like i had to loosen my butt to relieve myself i felt like i uh was nauseous that i had to throw up it was just i was reeling in this pain and i managed to get my um key in the door and my whole thing was I don't know if my brain was shutting down or whatnot I did not think about calling 911 my thought was putting on my comfy pajamas so that I can watch the Lakers game oh, I wanted to watch the I, Lakers I, I want to jump in here I want to jump in here because this is really good so let, let me break things up a little bit okay. uh, what I want to ask you Robin because what I'm hearing and please correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like, especially when initially you were saying like, nope, I don't want to go to the hospital. I have things to do. This is not how my day I had planned it. And I would prefer to go and see someone else, you know, someone I'm familiar with and these things. Um, do you feel in that, in, in those beginning moments, but before we kind of get further in your story, do you feel like in those beginning moments that uh, you were in a place not only of maybe like denial like no this is not this is nothing major but also like you felt like you needed to control what was going on absolutely absolutely i needed to control what was going on because it was just me you know my my um my sisters my one of my sisters was back east my son um had just moved uh had just moved from sacramento to texas 100 days before this happened Mm -hmm. So he wasn't even there. And then uh, my other sister, Michelle, I couldn't get in touch with her for whatever reason. I couldn't get in touch with my boss. Um, I, of course, I had to take control. I, what else was what, what else was I supposed to do? Um, um, I knew that that if I was in that ambulance, uh, I mean, in that fire department, I didn't know what hospital they, they were going to take me. I didn't know how long I'd have to wait. I didn't know what the outcome was. I'd be in that waiting room with all those other people by myself. At least if I got myself to my doctor's office, who I was familiar with, and I knew what was going on, I would feel safe. Mm, so it was a safety, just wanting to feel safe. I definitely can understand that. Um, now, I know that once you got in the house or once you hit that 15th step, things yeah. just, that's when things really just came back. But yes. before you took that shower on that day, yeah. my, my immediate question is, and I'm not sure if you touched on this before, but before you took that shower, did you have were there any other things you could possibly like now see like, oh, maybe that was an indicator and I just didn't really notice it. Or you know what, I did feel a little weird that day a few months before. Like, was there anything that you might've felt beforehand or was it just a boom, this is out of the blue and this is what I experienced? Yeah, it was out of the blue, which, out of the, uh, blue, which is what, how most aneurysms happen. Mm. It's, it's, it's immediate. 
Got you. Got you. It's, it's, and a lot of people, everybody's case is different. It's not all one case. And I know that uh, the Lord saved me because most people don't survive aneurysms. Right. Aneurysms. Yes, that is so very true. And actually, I probably should have walked this back a little bit. Um, and we can talk about this at any point, but I guess we can do it now. Can you share like what exactly what what happens to the brain? Like what exactly is an aneurysm? Okay. I had what is, and there are several, but I had what was called an AVM, which is an arterial venous malformation. Mm -hmm. And what that is, if you can think of a, um, a hose or you're watering the, the grass, and sometimes when you're watering the hose and you're pulling it to get further and there's a clink, there's a clink in the mm -hmm. hose, it's like it's wound around and all, yeah. like a click, a, a kink in it, and the water, temp the water flow does, is not as fervent and is not as full as it should be. It's building up. That's what happens to the brains, to the to the uh, to the, uh, um, the the arteries of the brain. Mm -hmm. And it and if they are not clipped in time, your brain will explode. Wow. Okay. Okay. So now we're um, out of the hospital or the I guess the emergency room. You've hit that fifteenth step. You're on your way to the house. You're like, okay, I think everything's okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll have my doctor look into it. Maybe I'll make an appointment in a few days or whatever, you know, your thoughts you're having. Um, and then you get home and then boom, or you hit that 15th step and then boom, it, it changes really quickly. So well, instead of getting into your pajamas and watching the game, what did you experience next? Well, see, the thing about it is I never went to the emergency room. This was two days after oh, that right. incident. Right. Yeah, this was two days after that incident. So I kind of like, I mean, I knew that the situation was apparent because I was, you know, it's almost like I, I wasn't anticipating the feeling, but I had had the feeling and it was so intense that I was aware of it possibly happening again. And when it didn't happen, I was happy, but I was like on the lookout for it in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so once I hit the 15th and, and once I hit the 15th and was able to get into the house and realize I just want to get on my pajamas and, um, you know, watch, watch the Lakers. And there was a point on while well, I was on my bed trying to take off my boots, because like I said, it was a week before uh, uh, Christmas and this was in Northern California and it was um, cold. I had on like a, a, um, a cape when the capes were popular and a turtleneck sweater and jeans and, and, and boots. And I had these boots and had them on many times and I was able to take them off, but I could not take these boots off. I couldn't take them off. I could. I did not have the strength. And I just remember lying on my bed saying to myself repeatedly, I'm so sick. I'm so sick. I'm so sick. I remember saying that. And then as the story unfolds, I, I passed out. I, I, I don't have any recollection. That was December 19th at around 8.45 p.m. And my next lucid recollection was Christmas Day, 2 p.m. in San Francisco, United of, of uh, University of California, San Francisco in the ICU. Okay, wow. So before we get into that, let's go back to that moment at, at, at the house and you've come home, you're trying to get out of your clothes, you're taking off your shoes, your boots, and you just have this feeling like it's just not going to happen. How was your body feeling in that moment? Like, was it just, were you exhausted or were you like, what, what was your body feeling like at that time? At the time when I was lying on the, when I was trying to get my boots off yeah. and I was struggling with it, mm -hmm. struggling. 
it was almost like I was pulling off a lead cement boot. Mm. And, and I just did not, for some, I did not have the, 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 the desire or the energy to go on. And which is why I was saying, and then I also was feeling nauseous and the whole bit. And then I was just saying, I'm so sick. I'm so sick. And it was at that time in my mind that I passed out. But according to the EMTs who came to me, and this was all part of God's plan. God, God was with me through this whole thing. Um, and I, like I said, it's, it's going to be in my book. But the EMTs were able to get to me without my sister, who I, who I reached out to and don't remember, calling and telling her to help me. Please help me. That's all I said to her. Can you imagine getting a phone call at 2 and 2 a.m. in the morning from your sister or a loved one and the person says, help me, please help me. So you you were able to call her in the middle of the yeah. night, I guess, technically in the morning. Um, somehow, you were through the grace of God, you're able to do that. Yes. Utter a couple of words. She's able to somehow kick in and, and do what she needs to do on her end. And you end up getting the help that you need because at that point you're just gone as far as like passed out. You're not you're not alert not at that here. point. Yes, not at all. Got you. That is extremely extremely scary. So so that yeah, that's thankfully everything was in alignment and in his timing that she was she was able to even hear the phone at that time of night. I want to say night, even though again it's morning. Um, you were able to say what you said just at the very last slash right moment. Um, she was able to do you know, get it in gear and do what she was able to do on her end. Uh, and the EMTs were able to come back over to your play or to your home and take care of you and get you um, where you needed to be. That's incredible because you're right. Yes, yes, it is, Bree. And, and one one really more incredible thing is that my sister typically turns her phone off at night. This particular morning, she did not turn her phone off. Yeah. Yeah. And she did not know my address. She just knew the cross streets. And my apartment was not the only apartment. There was one other, there was an apartment across from me. And then there was a, a larger complex to my right. I don't know how they got to me. Mm. Yeah. So that's why I know it's all it's it was all God. And then once they took me in the ambulance, none of this I remember. They took me to the ambulance to another hospital in Sacramento, but they did not have a trauma center. This hospital did not have a trauma center. And the other hospital that did was full. Uh, so they couldn't take me there. Mind you, my aneurysm was going on in my brain. They could not lifelike me because it was foggy that night. There's a Thule fog in Northern California, and it was too foggy to air flight me. Mm -hmm. So they had to take me in an ambulance 90 minutes away while my brain was still swelling to UCSF. Yeah, that, and I was going to ask you when it comes to, and I, and I know you're not the quote unquote expert, but this is your your experience is something that you've you've endured and survived. Um, in your research, how much time does one have? Like, typically, when something like an emergency like this happens, like how much time typically does the average person have? Well, you know what? It varies. I'm not sure, but I, I think that since the the episode and the demise of of the, of the individual can happen so quickly. Yeah. Uh, it, it just depends on what's going on in my brain at the time. My, my, the Lord was literally 
had his hands on my brain, literally, because once I was admitted, once I got to the hospital, mind you, I was incoherent. I didn't know any of this. Mm -hmm. Once I got to the hospital, I had to be put into a medically induced coma so that my brain could stop swelling so that it could yeah. be prepared for surgery. And the, the, the surgeon who I uh, lovingly dubbed the Oracle uh, could not, did not want to uh, do surgery on me. They couldn't do it when I got there anyway, because my brain was too swollen. They couldn't do it. Uh, he had to wait until Monday. The fact that, um, that, that he wanted to wait for his team uh, to come so that they could, uh, he could have his team around him because it was, a, a, it was eventually an eight and a half hour surgery. And, and uh, um, a um, co-worker, because I worked at the time for a uh, emergency medical services authority uh, in, in Northern California, and one of, the, one of my colleagues did um, part-time work at UCSF as an RN. And he happened to be there and he happened to see me. And he said, Robin, I saw you when you came in. And he said, you were gray and you looked dead. And he said, I, I cried for you. I cried for you. And um, I, I, I uh, when, when a craniotomy, craniotomy, which is the operation that I had, we, we're not using uh, scalpels. They use a power handsaw. Mm -hmm. And they cut open in my, from my ear to around the top to my other ear. And they pull that skin down. They do the surgery, which, like I said, was eight and a half hours, seven and a half hours, one of those. Pull the skin back up. And then they uh, stapled my head back together. My boss at the time, when I was working for the Emergency Medical Services Authority, uh, God rest his soul, he passed away several years ago. He told me uh, what they uh, referred to me in medical terms is a save. He goes, you are a save. Hmm. And I was also a million dollar baby because that's how much my hospital cost, hospital bill cost. Yeah, I imagine that it would be because <laughs> this is serious business. This is serious business. And on top of that, if I can say, like I I I I realize that as black women, I mean we've we've heard in the news um, for example, who's it like Serena Williams or just black women not necessarily always getting, first of all, access <laughs> to medical care. But then yes. on top of that, having the right type of access to medical care from people that really have your best interest at heart. Yes. And yes. are trying to just look at you as uh, ultimately a dollar bill, dollar sign. Exactly, exactly. Right? And that's and not their primary objective at, in that moment. So for the doctors to actually see you that that during this whole experience and for you to still be here with us, you know, that's definitely all divinely like. Absolutely. And no one can tell me, no one can tell me otherwise. No one can say, oh, well, you were so lucky. No, don't use that word in front of me. It's a bad word. I was blessed. The Lord cradled me the way Beyonce cradled Blue when she was first born. The Lord laid his hands over me and protected me. And no one will tell me that that is not the case. There are so many things that could have gone wrong. So many things that could have gone wrong. And the Lord protected me. He protected me. He saved me. And and that in itself uh, solidifies the fact that I know that I am here for a purpose. You are still here with us. And that means there is still work to be done in some capacity. Yes. If I if I if I said I'll give you a million dollars right now, if you can just tell me 
in one or two sentences, what do you think your purpose is right now? Like, how does that resonate? What would you say? My purpose, I know my purpose is not to be mediocre. My purpose hmm. is to be someone who is able to uplift, motivate, motivate and inspire uh, a person who uh, lets, will let people know that uh, it's not as bad as you think and you, you, you uh, happiness is a choice, sadness is a choice, uh, getting out of the muck and mire uh, is a choice. I love that. In one sentence, my purpose is not to be mediocre. How can I say this? Was there a time when you felt completely like swallowed up by your story, like you felt stuck in what happened to you? And if so, like, in other words, like what was your mindset like when it happened and how has it like shifted in the present? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does okay. make sense. And there it is. In fact, this December 19th, believe it or not, it'll be 15 years since it happened. And like I said, I spent I spent 25 days in the hospital and 11 of those days was in um, uh, intensive care. And I think that uh, during the time in intensive care, there was one time where I had to use I, and I had to use a bedpan. Mm -hmm. So I, had, I, I came up with a, with a fabulous idea. I'm not going to eat so I don't have to use the bedpan. Mm. Even though I was on major, major meds and there's no way you can be on major meds with an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. And a, a, a nurse had to chew me up one side and down the other. She was like, I don't know who you think you are, Missy. You just had a brain aneurysm. You just had a nine hour surgery. You got a wound in the back of your head the size of Grand Canyon. And, you, and, and you're upset because you have to use a bedpan? She goes, I have pretty much seen every orif every every kind of fluid and mucus that has come out of every orifice in one's body. And you're tripping over a bedpan. Get over yourself and do what you need to do so that you can get well and get out of here. Oh, I'm curious, like Robin, what, I, I'm sorry to just dive so deep, but this, this is so interesting to me. And I think that many of us can, can, relate, can relate to this, excuse me. What was the resistance there for you? Embarrassment? I don't want to shit in a pan. Mm, so it was shit just, in a pan and, 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 and around people. Yes. I'm supposed to be in my bed. In fact, I didn't even know what a bad pan was. I've seen them. I, I, I've seen, I've seen them. I had no idea what to do with a bedpan until they told me. And I, cause I asked them, I says, well, what am I supposed to do with mm -hmm. this? And they, what they do is they, the nurses lay out a large, um, towel of some sort, some, some uh, and, a, and a towel or something, and not yeah. a towel that you, you, you dry yourself off, but it's a certain material. And, and one would relieve themselves on, you would squat, leave, leave yourself in that, in the bed, in the, on the towel. And then the towel would be scooped up and the towel would be thrown away. So you're not actually going in the actual bedpan. But my thing was actual, actually squatting and doing it. And of course, while a nurse is watching, a nurse is watching me because I'm in intensive care. I can't be bouncing around the room like I'm, you know, in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I just had a, a major surgery with stitches in my head. I got bandages in the whole bit. So she's got to watch me. Of course. <laughs> I thought yeah. I would need, I thought I would need therapy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a completely normal <laughs> thing to say after having to experience that. And it makes me wonder, what is one thing you've noticed about your brain? Like, have you noticed any changes since, since the aneurysm? 
Who showed you that it was okay to aim high and go for your dreams while also just being yourself? For me, it was radio host Big Boy, Oprah, and KTLA news reporter Gail Anderson. In part, these people are the reason why this podcast specifically exists. This is the power of Black representation in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is more than a podcast. It's a celebration of Blackness from NPR where every voice is as distinct and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In this collection, you'll find stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment. Each episode, a living account of what it means to be Black today. From the intricate narratives of The Wire to the wisdom of Michelle Obama and the urgent call for reparations, Black Stories, Black Truths really is the truth. Space wasn't always made for our perspective, so NPR's new collection is necessary as it celebrates the richness of the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. My hair is kinky, it's coily, it's beautiful, it's all the things, but the dryness is real, so it's also prone to feeling parched. This is why Waze Anti-Frizz Cream is my new BFF. It not only changes frizz, but helps my hair feel more hydrated. Listen, summer is coming. We are trying to be outside, going to brunch, plus traveling, and summer activities aren't always kind to our strands, okay? So let me tell you what I do for this. I wash my hair every one to two weeks. Don't sleep on Waze Detox Shampoo, by the way, if you have hard water or buildup. I detangle, I smooth in a little of the Way Anti-Frizz Cream, then shingle in my natural gel. My hair is frizz-free, it's hydrated, and it's cute for days. Love sleek styles? Waze Anti-Frizz Cream works as a heat protectant up to 450 degrees as well. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code self-care for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code self-care. Feeling more grounded and relaxed is Black Girl Peace for me. And so I really need that while doing things like uh, tackling my to-do list or even braving this crazy LA traffic. If you know, you know. So something that helps me tap in is Recess Mood. It's a delicious sparkling water made to enhance your relaxation time and mood without any alcohol involved. So what you will get instead is real fruit, mood lifting magnesium, and stress balancing adaptogens. And again, no alcohol plus no added sugar. So I've tried all the flavors and I really, really like strawberry rose. It's like um, a little burst of peace in the middle of chaos because again, for real, navigating this Cali traffic is insane. Now, recess mood is not only my go-to for staying balanced while on the go, but it's also good for chilling at home too. It's like having a little slice of relaxation right in the palm of your hand. So next time you need a little pick-me-up without the alcohol, without the hangover, give recess mood a shot. It's been a fantastic addition to my routine. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Well, uh, I do notice that whenever I get a ping, because I was told that after the surgery that I would get pings in my brain, Mm. meaning I would get little sensations and that's Mm -hmm. just my brain doing what it needs to do. And I know that uh, I don't have them often, but I know that when I do get pings more than I, uh, that are normal to me, 
or more frequent or in a, in a they last a little longer than they should mm-hmm. it, it tends to it tend it it, it 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 bothers me a little bit i don't worry about it and of course i'm not going to let it continue on to the point where i'm you know if, if i find that it's 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 problematic then i will go to the er i haven't had to do that and thank god but uh it's different and also because of the surgery um my head is not the same. I used to have a nice, smooth, little round head because mm-hmm. of the surgery and the and the scar. And also, they had to take away. They had to move something and put in a, a, a oh, what is it? Um, oh shoot! Sometimes words escape me. That's what mm-hmm. the doctor said it would happen. It's called aphasia. And sometimes words just escape me. They had to put a a plate of plutonium was a plutonium or titanium a mm-hmm. small plate in my head and as a result there's like a muscle that's kind of missing and it's kind of lumpy on the right side you can't really see it because of my hair mm-hmm. but i can't i don't have full use of my neck so there are times when i can't look behind my behind me i have to literally turn my body to look behind and also uh, there were times when my neck would get noisy when i would turn it from side to side it's not as bad as it is because i've been doing exercises and have been, but I would actually hear my, my neck move. I would just, Oh, like a cricket. Like almost like gristle, you know? Oh yes. Wow. 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 Yeah. So, that would be excellent during a, a romantic evening with a, a bow and I'm moving my neck and I hear gristle. Like, yeah, girl. I love the way you make your neck sound. <laughs> do that stop with me again, girl. Do that gristle. So sexy, girl. Do that neck thing again, girl. That's hilarious. I'm glad that it, I mean, you're at a place where obviously you're, you're, you're obviously you're living your life. You can laugh about some things now. I think that's amazing. And it leads coincidentally into my next question. I was going to ask you like, if there was like, what's the biggest change? How about this? What's the biggest change you've noticed or like, what's like the biggest thing that you've learned uh, maybe about life or about yourself or even about God since since this has happened, what would you say? Well, I can honestly say that 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 I'm a walking miracle and God has has something for me. God God has saved me. He spared me. He spared me. And and I am so grateful and I'm very grateful. In fact, I have a gratitude jar that I feel that's almost full and I feel it at least, I mean, I put post-its in it at least two or three times a week, even more of, of things that I'm grateful for. Hmm. And however, my prayer of late, because I am a little frustrated, and like I said, not feeling as accomplished as I want to be. And also being in Texas, which is where I don't want to be. And it was not a plan to move to be here. I'm grateful. I'm not complaining. Please don't mm-hmm. think that I'm complaining, but it's just not where I want to be. Yeah. Um, I, 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 my prayer has been, because um, uh, I had my birthday. My birthday was last week. It was on the 15th. Yes. And on the 14th, I cried. I, I cried. I heard a song uh, that brought back a lot of memories and nostalgia and of a more innocent time and an easier time. And I've, I've, I've been praying for the Lord to show me, what is it that you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? What I've been praying for, what I've been praying for for many, many years. And, and it, what is it that you want from me? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to be? What is it that you want me to do? You've blessed me with these, these desires. And I know that you want these things. You've saved me. You spared me. And this is not the first incident he has spared me from. He's mm. spared me from a major auto accident. So it's like, what is it that you want me to, to do and be? But then again, I also hear you're where you're supposed to be. Mm. But if I'm where I'm supposed to be, why aren't I not more satisfied? Mm. 
Mm. Had to take a pause for that because I'm still processing what you said. I'm still processing what you said. So you feel in your spirit that at least for now, you're where you're supposed to be. But on the other hand, it's like, and, and, that, and you're, you're like, and that, that is true, or that may be true. However, I'm still unsettled. Yes. Yes. Not ungrateful, mm-hmm. not satisfied. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, what's the word? I'm, I'm not content. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. But just because I'm grateful doesn't mean I'm satisfied. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. You know, it's just like God's timing. Like if you, if you, if you feel like, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. It can be really hard when things, as you know, obviously I don't have to tell you this, but it's like, it can be really hard to be in that. Like you, you're like, okay, God, I've moved as in, I took the action. I did the thing. I moved, for example, moved to Texas or I did X, Y, Z and then be in that season of now what i'm just yes. you're in a holding pattern you're waiting and you're just like oh did i do the right thing well, i don't know if like if it were me because i've done this too like i question okay did i really hear from god is this really where he moved me um or was it me that moved myself mm-hmm. um when i mm-hmm. when i quit my job robin in september of 2019 to really move forward fully with brown girl self-care i I felt that God was telling me to quit my job. And then when I did that, which I did with my knees knocking and my hands trembling, because that was a very big thing for me to then go from that to the next. Well, the first year was okay because I had some saving, a little bit of savings. And unfortunately I had to completely deplete my 401k and things like that. So my first year was okay. But then the second and third year, Robin, it was just like, I was going through so much, so many storms, so, so much stuff. And I'm like questioning, maybe God did not move me here. Maybe I moved myself, but I guess ultimately, and you can speak to this ultimately it's just like, sometimes even though he has, or I feel like even though maybe you, we felt him move us, it doesn't mean necessarily every time that everything is going to just immediately just, you're going to now have all the answers and you're going to immediately get the next step and, you know, things like that. What do you feel about that? How does that land well, for you? Yes. And if, if it was that easy, then why have faith and why have, why, mm. why need God? Mm. Why need God? It's almost like you have to. It's almost like you have to. You you have to. Your armor has to be. Um, um, what's the word? Your armor. Your armor can't be shiny. Shiny armor doesn't really protect. It's got to have some dents in it. It's got to have some patina in it. It's got to look like it's uh, has staved off other attacks. Mm-hmm. And and it's got to look a little dented and a little used and a little punched in, you know, so that it, it can protect you. And and if everything was fine, hunky dory and pristine, and and you didn't need to ask God for your for His help and His guidance on the whole bit, then then why go through it? Why go through it? He, he got, the Lord, and that's what I'm realizing, and will continue to realize even on days when I'm like, you know what, this is, you know, and I've never had a situation where I just not I don't want to be here. It's just like I'm tired. Of, of clawing, I'm cly- I'm tired of, of of struggling. I'm tired of this, and I'm tired of that. Why can't it be easy for me? But the Lord is almost like He has to. 
it's like a it's like a, a warrior. Warriors can't be wimpy. In order to to in order to 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 withstand the battle, we have to we and it is a battle. And, yes. and and it is a battle. It really, really is. This thing called life can be a battle. Not all the time, but at first it has to be. And you have to. It can't be smooth sailing because you don't you don't you don't learn anything when everything is given to you when when you're feel entitled and you don't have to struggle and you don't know what lack is and you don't know what it means to go to bed hungry or or not being able to buy what it is you want. I remember one time. Uh, this was a long time ago, you know, top ramen was, uh, was a thing and depending on my budget and, uh, I don't know, I, depending on my budget, a splurge would mean put, putting a little can of albacore tuna in there as opposed to just some, uh, mixed veggies. Hmm. And that's just the way it was. And like I said, this was a long, long, long time ago. Thank God I don't do that. I don't even eat top ramen. It's not good for you. It's not good for me, but there you have to, it's like a baby. Babies aren't born running the 50 yard, yard mile or dash that would be freakish right. you know you have to go through it you got it you got to get some grit under your your fingernails and not to say that you have to run around with dirty fingernails but mm-hmm. you have to if you're going to plant a garden you can't plant a garden without getting dirty without getting your hands dirty and without getting your manicure dirty even if you have on gloves most people say don't have on gloves feel the soil feel mm-hmm. what it needs you know, and and it rain even. I know it's a cliche, but you know, a rose can't grow without without rain, and sometimes even a f- fertilizer. And fertilizer yeah. doesn't smell well. So it's just a matter of at the time. I know when I'm going through it. I know, and will always know it's gonna get better, and it could be worse. Hmm. It's going to get better, and it could be worse. And and I know that the Lord has good things for me. And I'm so glad that that you reached out to me, uh, Bree. Thank you so much, because I, I really needed this because I'm uh, single. I've been I've uh, never been married. I've been asked twice, but I've never been married. And I live alone, have been living alone since, you know, my my son is, 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 has been an adult. And I, other than my roommates that I had. Uh, but for the most part, never been married, always. Uh, and I spend time with myself because I like spending time with myself. I like hanging out, but I'm not going to hang out for hangout's sake. Gotcha. I don't need to be out in the clubs. I don't need to be, you know, when I come home, I don't turn the TV on. I don't need that background noise. I don't, it, I, I'm cerebral and, 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 and that's okay. People who aren't cerebral, cerebral, that's okay too. But for, for a person who's lived, huh? Explain what that means. So in case they don't know cerebral what Cerebral is a person who's always in their head, mm-hmm. always in their head, always thinking, always planning, always what ifing, you know, all of that, you know, and I am that kind of person. Uh, in fact, my son t- tends to think my what ifing means negative. It's not being negative. I don't think it's being negative. If you have probabilities, you know, he wanted to take a trip and he wasn't, I don't think, prepared to take the trip. Don't want to go into detail, but he wasn't physically prepared to take the trip. So I said, well, do you really think it's wise to 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 do this at this time? What about anything could happen? And you, you'll need full capacity of all of your limbs. Anything could happen. You're traveling. You're in the airport. Someone could bump against you. You might have to run. There's people crazy. Oh, you're negative. I said, I'm not, not being negative. These are probabilities. You have to be ready for, for, for certain things. I mean, I see people traveling in the airport on crutches. I don't think people who are on crutches should be traveling unless they absolutely have to. Hmm. I, I don't. Who wants to take a pleasure trip when you're on crutches? 
I don't know about that. I think if I, well, really? I've never, yeah, but, here, but here's the thing. I've never ever in life broken anything, but I think about if, if I was a huge traveler and, you know, I, I had to be on crutches, but there was somewhere that I wanted to go. Like, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence. I don't know. That's interesting because I don't I think might. I would have a good time. Because if you're on crutches, that means you're on medication. You know, how do you know how your body's going to respond to medication, especially if you're up in the air? You know, yeah. what if there's some sort of, of, of situation with, with the plane? What if there's a situation with a crazy passengers? People are nuts nowadays and you need to protect yourself. What if they fall on your leg or something? And this, I know my mind kind of goes that way because I am a writer. I am uh, kind of dramatic. I am an actress, you know, kind of drama filled. But I, I think of those things, those suppositions, they're not negative. I think it's because I care. I don't want yeah. my son to be in an environment where he is not fully able to protect himself or to protect somebody else around him he needs to protect. No, I, I feel you on that. I think I, I can I can see reasoning for both because my perspective is I don't know, like I don't want to make everything that I do come from a place of because I was very over sheltered when I was a child mm -hmm. and um, just being able to do things, you know what I mean? And not necessarily freak out over everything because there's so many things in life that could possibly you can freak out over. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, don't know. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can I see can. both. I can, I can see your son like, no, I got to I got to do this. I'm feeling it. I got to do what I got to do. But you're like, well, hold on. <laughs> Think about this. So I can see I can see how that would feel as a parent. And I can also see how it would feel as just a person like, well, I just want to do this. You know what I mean? Talk a little bit about self-care. What does self-care look like for you right now, Robin? Like, what are you doing these days? Self-care for me is um... I like to exercise. I like to walk. I like to uh, give thanks every morning when I wake up. It's thank you, God, for blessing me with another day. I like to laugh. I like to Netflix and chill. Um, <laughs> I like to, uh, you know, um, enjoy a nice glass of champagne. I like to read. Um, I don't really do the spas because I don't really I haven't really explored Texas because I don't like it. So I don't really explore it. I'm not really interested in going to a spa here. Um, uh, and I'm not really a spa girl. I've been to spas, but I'm just, I'm just not, I just, I don't know. Okay. I'm just not, I'm not into spas. So uh, am I also, yeah. And also my, uh, I, I do my own pedicures um, just to save money for right now. I'm, I'm on a budget mm -hmm. and um, you know, but, but self-care for me is uh, taking PTO days when I need to. I took a couple uh, uh, last week. Uh, I call them mental health days, PTO days, reading. Uh, I take walks. Um, you know, I, I listen to good music. Uh, I have a great, great playlist. Um, you know, um, I sleep when I say sleep in to me, sleeping in is, um, 7.30 in the morning, because I'm usually up uh, on the weekends um, around that time, 7.30, 8, depending on the weather, I'll take a walk. Uh, if not, it's if it's going to be very, very hot, which it has been in Texas, I'm running my errands early so that I can be home before it becomes 125,000 degrees. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like to, and I just to be honest, I don't remember the last time I've taken a bath. Mm. I take showers. 
And a lot of people say, oh, you got to soak in a tub full of bubble bath and you got to, you know, get you a head pillow and have your wine next to the tub and some music. I, I don't remember doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be self-care for me. For me, self-care has to be what I want to do, not what other people think I should do. Of course. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes, 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 yes. That's why it's yes. self-care yes. versus yes. Community care, but yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yes. And I'm listening to great podcasts. That I like to listen to to, to great podcasts while I'm uh, even. And I know that you're a proponent of you know relax, have a glass of wine, a glass of tea, uh, uh, you know, take some deep breaths, listen, be in the moment. And and I get that, and I understand that because there are times when I don't even have any stimuli, you know, not TV, not podcast, not anything, just listening to the silence and listening to the Lord. Um, but um, uh, listening to podcasts because I, my goal is to learn every day. I want to learn something new every day. And the podcasts that I listen to, um, the, the folks are very interesting and thought provoking, and they have uh, they they uh, propel me to think on different. Um, uh, lines and, and open up. That's one of the things I want to do. I need to be more vulnerable um, and, and open up. But I also feel that everybody doesn't deserve my vulnerability. Absolutely. Does that sound weird? No, it doesn't sound weird at all. And I believe that you need to be in places where your vulnerability is going to be protected. It's going to be respected. Um, you're not going to be uh, pressured, you're not going to be mocked for it, you're not going to be judged for whatever it is you're doing or you want to share. So yeah, some people just don't deserve uh, that level. You can't just be vulnerable, in my opinion, with like everyone, because everyone is not no. built to be that part of your, your team or built to be that part of your journey. So we have to be very uh, intentional, I guess, about who we share with and then the things that we share. For example, you may have friends where you share these types of things and you may have friends where you you can go a little bit deeper and not be at surface level and you share these things that are closer to your heart. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%, 100% and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I know that we went over time just a little, um, but before I ask you this very final question, uh, if someone would like to connect with you, please again, uh, tell us what your um, handles are on social media. And if you have a web address, you can drop that too. Okay. Well, I have a, I have I I don't have a website. I have an email address. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you, May I share my email address? And my okay, my email address is um, the letter R, and then another R for Renee, and then Robin R R E N E E, and then R O B I N. The numbers eight one five at gmail dot com. R Renee Robin eight one five at gmail dot com and uh instagram is um robinson robin r it's robinson robin r um facebook is just the same thing robin r robinson you just got to make certain that you put in the r because if you don't put in robin r robinson you'll get other robin robinsons Mm -hmm. um and um i am i'd like to give a shameless plug for my podcast called a closed mouth does not get fed it's on spotify um and like i said i started a few years ago and then i stopped and i've just recently started it up and i'm in the infancy stages i really am 
kind of just like a toddler trying to figure it out, figure it all out. And um, working on a book about my aneurysm experience and that should be out. I'm looking for a publisher. So if anybody can help me with that, that'd be great. But that should be finished before the end of the year. And so I'm excited about that. And um, this has been a great forum. And I thank you so much, Bri. I really like your podcast. I like what attracted to me initially was not only Brown, Brown Girl Self-Care, but your voice. Mm. I really love your voice. I really love you. Have, you have such a great voice. And I like that you were so vulnerable and you laugh at yourself. And that's <laughs> a good thing. Yes. Yes, I do, Robin. All the time. I talk you to that do- you and that dog. I love it when you talk about that dog. I was going to say, <laughs> oh. surprisingly, Robin, God has smiled upon me today and we cannot hear the dog barking, um, surprisingly. I, and actually, it's because I now have I'm forced to run my AC and close my windows and I'm not a window closed type of person even in the the winter time I like to have my windows open but because the dog barks incessantly I now have to close the windows which means I have to keep the AC going or if not once I open the windows I can hear the barking and I just can't tolerate that right now. So yes, God's like, let me give this child a break. Close your window, sis, and turn on the AC. Lord knows what this next bill is going to be, but it is what it is. I'm not, I'm continuing to uh, operate from a a knowing uh, of abundance and that I'm covered, it's handled, and I'm not even going to worry about it. So absolutely, that's part of your self-care. Absolutely. So the last well, what were we going to say, Robin? No, I was going to say that part, your, your, your air conditioner, uh, uh, snuffing out, not snuffing out, but mulling the dogs, noise, that is part of your self-care. Oh, it, it's, it's an absolute must because I can't, I have um, this, I have a sensitivity to sounds, especially if it's repetitive or it's making a certain frequency. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, probably sounds really crazy, but um, when I hear that dog and the pitch of the sound, it's it's really, really irritating. It's like nails on a chalkboard for people that mm-hmm. get that reference. I can't stand it. So I'm like, okay, what can I do to protect my peace right now? And that's the easiest thing to do. So I'm, I'll just pay to, to run my AC. So that's what it is. Viva la AC. Oh. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And more. Yes, we are cool up in this house today. So um, the last question, and thank you for sharing how you can be reached. Thank you for sharing your podcast. And I'll make sure that I put uh, that information in the show notes as well. And then as we wrap up, Robin, um, the last question for you is, what do you hope the Black woman that you can't see her, but you know she has listened to this episode, what do you hope she takes away with her today after hearing a, a small part of your journey? Well, the first thing I want to say is that, um, to, to know that you are not a mistake, that the Lord made you and he does not make mistakes and that you are wonderful, wonder, wonder, wonderfully made, uh, flaws and all, um, and that you have to know your worth. You got to know who you are and um, know that uh, you deserve whatever it is you want. You deserve it. Why not you? 
somebody else has it, why can't you have it? When you see beautiful houses and cars and people traveling and eating out at the finest restaurants and the whole bit, why can't that be you? Because they're a human being. They're not AI. They're not robots sitting at the table. They're human beings. So there's no reason why you can't have the opulence in life as well. And surround yourself with positivity. I like to put post-it notes of positive affirmations around me. In fact, where I'm sitting right now, there's all kinds of notes that, that affirm who I am and, and say things like, where God sends me, God protects me. Uh, make a way when there is no way. Uh, pray first, aim high, stay focused. I am a great idea. I am awesome. I am enough. You know, all those things. There's no living without risk. If you risk not, you live not. And Lena Horne said it best. She says, it's not the load you carry, it's how you carry the load. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize that everybody in your life is not for you. Trust your gut, have some intuition, ask questions. And if you have the feeling that people around you don't want you to be your best or have your best, uh, 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 if they don't have your best interest in mind and they don't want to see you succeed and they're always talking about, oh, what you doing that little thing for? Why do why, why, why you have to do that? Or you seem like you've changed. Or why are you reading this? Or how come you want to look like that? Or how come you, people who, who, who come at you that way, they are not... They don't have your best interests in mind. They don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to see you prosper. You need to let those people go. You really do. You need to have people around you who you can learn from, grow from, and be better around. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. And just know that the Lord is there for you. And you can pray to the Lord. You don't have to fall in front of his, you don't have to make a big deal of it. You can just pray to God while you're sitting on the toilet. You can pray to God while you're on your way to work. You can pray to God while you're sitting on your couch. And a good prayer is, is thank you, thank you, thank you, and help me, help me, help me. Sometimes I pray that. Help me, help me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just know that there is, um, that as, as I said before, it could always be worse, but it's going to get better. And just know your worth and know that you deserve more and strive for more. Try to learn something new every day. If you try to learn something new every day, then you're going to be better seven days uh, uh, in the future than you were on that day that you want to learn something new. Pick up a book, read a book, and, and don't sit, spend so much time on social media. And if you start to get triggered by looking at everybody's pages, put it down. Put it down because that's what really social media is. It's one big ad. Instagram is one big ad for, for you to buy, be, do, or have. Hmm. Y'all heard it here. So you just, yeah, you got to know your worth. You got to know who you are. You're special. You're black. You're, you're a queen. You're fabulous. You're, you're made from God. He doesn't make mistakes. And uh, you're going to soar. You're going to soar. And um, it's, it's, it's going to get better. And it's okay to have bad days but it's just going to get better. Be grateful and also just be very, very grateful. Keep a gratitude jar. That's just what I do. Keep a gratitude jar and jot down on a post-it what you're grateful for. Put the date on it. Jot down what you're grateful for. Fold the post-it up real small and then put them uh, in the gratitude jar. And then for me at the end of the year, the last week of the year, I'm going to pull the post-its out and read what I was grateful for that year. Hmm. I love all of that, Robin. I really, really do. Um, I want to thank you so much mm -hmm. for, again, um, just allowing yourself to, to, to be vulnerable. I know that's not always the easiest thing to do, just like we talked about just a few minutes before. Uh, I also would like to thank you for sharing your story 
with us because I know that it's going to resonate with at least one person. And, you know, I also want to thank you for, I guess, filling our, filling our cups today, filling our cups with just self-care and love and wisdom and um, just you showing up as your authentic self. So just kudos to you and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bree, for again, for having me and allowing me uh, this opportunity to, to speak to your fabulous listeners. And, and thank you guys for taking the time to, to listen to me. And I hope uh, you, you receive some sort of nuggets of, of inspiration and motivation. And just know that, that you are enough and that, you know, the sister tribe is a wonderful thing and let's grow it and let's just be kind to one another. And, and, and when we see each other on the street, let's acknowledge each other. Let's smile. Let's nod our heads or something. Let's not look away. You know, let's, let's, let's try to be kinder to each other. Mm, I love that. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate Thank you, Brie. You take it easy. You keep up the good work with your fabulous self. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>